In this episode, Pastor George Reynolds preaches the second sermon in our sermon series called Be the Church. This message, entitled We Are the Church, encourages Christians to be in relationship with other believers. This sermon was originally preached on October 11, 2020 at the Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings and encouraging devotionals to help you deepen your faith. I've loved playing with Legos ever since I uh, started buying them for my kids. Legos are just wonderful. The only thing I don't like about Legos is stepping on them. Uh, If you're a parent and you've got kids that have Legos, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But over the years, you know, Legos have gone from this uh, creative free play kind of thing to, to intricate structures that require hours of painstaking concentration. Uh, and I bet some of you are like, Pastor, show us your, your, your Lego that you put together the other day, that Yoda Lego. And uh, well, sorry, folks, it's not done. <laughs> it's, uh, it's big and it's intricate and it's got a lot of pieces to it. And I just haven't had a chance to finish it yet. But, you know, what I love the most about Legos is what they teach us about the church. Now, you see, a a single Lego, well, a single Lego is really pretty useless. I mean, because Legos are, well, they're made for connection, you know, they're made for putting things together. And their individual purpose isn't really understood until they're connected to other Legos. And, you know, the, the same can be said about us as disciples of Jesus, You know, a lone disciple was never the intention of the creator. Disciples are made for connection. And they discover their individual purpose as they find themselves connected to other disciples. Now, before I plow ahead into today's message, I want to go back for a moment to, uh, to last Sunday. And I know that some of you probably really loved last week's message because I talked about the church as individuals. I talked about the individual disciples as being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And and since we are representatives of Jesus in the world, you and I have to be aware of how our actions represent Jesus to other people. But you see, if that's where our understanding of what it means to be the church ends, we're missing, we're missing the fullness of what it means to be the church, and we're missing our real purpose. Now, I want to be real honest with you about something this morning, and I think this is something that we can all agree on. Being an American today is all about individualism. Uh, I mean, I hate to, hate, hate to bring this up, but, you know, the reason we have so many people fighting about wearing masks is really because we feel that, that if somebody tells us we have to make, wear a mask, that it, it takes away our individual rights to make our own choices. I mean, after all, people say, who cares about other people? It's my individual rights that are most important. 
Now, I realize that that may sound a little extreme, but, but let's be honest, Americans are really all about the individual, the individual. And so as I was doing some reading this week, uh, I came across something that, that a writer said that, that when we're asked to introduce ourselves or describe our unique self, we, we have a myriad of, of adjectives that we can use. And, and a lot of times we say things like, well, I'm creative, I'm, I'm analytical, I'm spontaneous, and so forth. And, and then the, the writer went on and he said this, he said, very few of us, very few of us are inclined to answer a question about our identity with a response such as, well, I'm a faithful husband, a loving father, and a loyal friend. And this is what the writer said. In an individualistic culture, relationships are simply not the primary lens for understanding identity. Let me read that again. Relationships are simply not the primary lens for understanding identity. And as the writer says, that's a problem. But think about this for a moment. Uh, when it comes to our faith, what is it that people often say? Uh, they often say something like this. Well, you know, faith is a personal thing, right? Um, really what that is code for is don't ask me about my faith because I don't know what to say about it. But, but that's a whole other topic. But, you know, we, we talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, faith is a personal thing. Okay, And the church in America needs to take responsibility for that personalization of our faith in that we've stressed the individual and the individual need for salvation while, while at the same time missing, missing the corporate nature of our faith. Now, remember something, too, okay? The culture from which our faith took root knew nothing about individualism. I mean, our faith was, was birthed in cultures that valued community. And, and if you're reading the book of Acts, you, you see that over and over again in the chapters that you read, especially in chapters 4 and 5. And, and just in case you think that, that community is, is, isn't essential, remember this, God exists in community. And what I mean by that is when we talk about God as the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God exists in community. So herein is the problem with a lone Lego and a, a lone disciple. You and I and Legos are made for connection. And you and I, we are made for community. And that requires us to move from thinking of the church as, as me or you and beginning to see the church really as we. Seeing the church as we. And just to clarify here today, uh, when I talk about we in the context of an intimate network of disciples. I'm not talking about the church as what's gathered on Sunday morning. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. 
but, but when we talk about we today, we're talking about the intimate networks of disciples that make up the larger church. So we want to take a look at our text for today, which comes to us from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And, and let's, uh, let's take a look at this verse. It says, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now, here's the truth that I want you to chew on this week, and I really want you to think about this. You cannot get to where God wants you to go by yourself, okay? At home, say this with me one more time. You cannot get to where God wants you to go by yourself. You see, if being Christ-like is our ultimate goal, you don't get there alone. You cannot be a lone ranger and take on the likeness of Jesus in this world. Now, let me show you, let me show you how I think we try and address that each week when we say our vision statement, okay? There's our vision statement. One more time, we are a community of faith being transformed by God's grace, inspiring people to become disciples of Jesus. So let's take a look at this for a moment, okay? We start with that, that line, we are a community of faith. And, and my guess, my guess is that, uh, that that is often our basic concept of church. We get together on a Sunday morning and we sing and we listen to the pastor. And if we're fortunate enough, we get to talk to some friends that maybe we didn't get to connect with during the week. But you see, our vision of being a community of faith isn't only about Sunday morning, is it? No. Being a community of faith applies to all the communities of which we are a part. Okay? Not just Sunday morning, but all of our communities. Now we continue on and we say this, being transformed by God's grace. Now, when we say that, I wonder, I wonder how many of us think about that phrase as something we do on our own. I mean, to be honest, even my first inclination is to think of it from an individual perspective. Think about it this way. My transformation happens when I read my Bible in the morning and when I say my prayers all focused on individual acts. But the truth, the truth is our transformation really happens when we find ourselves in community and especially with an intimate network of disciples. You see, our identity as disciples is really, is really shaped by that community of disciples. And let's be honest, discipleship, that, that is the process of becoming more like Jesus. Well, let's be honest, it's more caught than it is taught. It's more caught than it is taught. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I mean. Because, because as parents, you realize that your kids catch more than what you are trying to literally teach them. 
One more time, what's the truth that I want you to chew on this week? The, the, the truth that I want you to chew on this week is simply this. You cannot get to where God wants you to go by yourself. You can't be transformed by yourself. You need an intimate network of disciples around you. Now, let me just finish off our vision statement so, so you understand the totality of this. When we say we are a community of faith being transformed by God's grace, we end with this phrase, inspiring people to become disciples of Jesus. You see, the purpose of our transformation isn't for us alone. Our transformation is to encourage others, to inspire others, to, to teach people in our intimate network of disciples, well, just what God is doing in our lives. And hopefully the purpose of our transformation is for other people in the networks where we rub up against people who are still exploring what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. We, we rub up against those people so that our transformation inspires them to ask questions and want to know more about what God is doing in our life. So you see, when we say our vision, when we say our vision statement at Lingolstown Life, it isn't about you, it isn't about me, it's about we. Okay, one more time, uh, back to our, our verse from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now, when the writer of Hebrews is writing this, the writer is challenging the disciples to motivate one another, okay? We have to motivate one another in this quest to go from just being people who the information to those who are, who are literally being transformed in our love for one another. And I want to stress the how important this is. You see, our, our, our transformation isn't about taking in information. If that's all it was, we'd have a lot of people who look more like Jesus. Because we've taken in a lot of information. But you see, it's not about taking in information. I mean, to those... To those who really are being transformed, it's the application of the information. Okay? To those who are transformed, our, our love is expressed for one another. Our transformation isn't about taking in information. Our transformation happens in those intimate network of disciples where we figure it out together how to apply all that information. Uh, let me just take a step back for a moment and, and, and think about it this way. For three weeks in September, we talked about race and injustice. And, and that was challenging material in so many ways. But listen, if you haven't processed that information with other disciples in your network, then all it really was was a lot of information. 
You see, if we're going to be transformed, if we're going to see a transformation in our country to move forward on the issues surrounding race, it will not happen if you and I don't take the time to process the material with other disciples. Otherwise, it's just a lot of information and not a lot of transformation. And the same is going to go with today's message and every week's message, really. Because if after today's message, you simply go back to practicing your faith as a personal experience only, well, then you've wasted the opportunity to get where God wants you to go. Now, um, I, I really pray that, that one of the important takeaways from today is not only the need for us to have an intimate network of disciples, but to have the right network of disciples. Here, here's my favorite proverb, Proverb 1320. And, and, and there's a lot of reason it's, it's my favorite proverb, but, but look at this. This is so, so simple. Walk with the wise and become wise. Okay. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You see, who you walk with is of the utmost importance. Who you walk with is of the utmost importance. Um, remember what I said earlier. A lot of what we learn is caught as much as it is taught. So you can either grow wise, you can either grow wise by the people that you walk with, or, or the fools can explode all over you like shrapnel, cut you to pieces, maim you. So what you need to think about when you read this proverb is, am I walking with wise people? Am I walking with wise people? Now, that doesn't simply mean that we abandon all the relationships that we have with fools. <laughs> uh, a lot we could say there, but, but listen, the, the question is, the question is, who's, who's influencing who here? Who's influencing who? It's been said, and, and there have been lots of people this quote is attributed to, but, but there, there's this quote out there that says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, I'm just going to stop here for a second because I want, you, I want you to think about who those five people are. I mean, go ahead, take, take a moment to really think about that mentally. Who are the five people that you spend the most time with? If you want to take a moment and write it down, I'll wait. <laughs> um, this is important, folks. And, and, and let me just say this parenthetically for a moment here. Uh, some people spend way too much time listening to people that you don't have a personal relationship with. Let the reader or the listener understand what I'm saying there. So while those voices might be important to count, because probably some of you spend more time with those voices than you do with flesh and blood people, but, but think about that. 
So if you think about those five people that you spend the most time with each week, those five people you spend the most time with shape who you are. Those five determine what conversations dominate your attention, and those five affect to which attitudes and behaviors you're going to be regularly exposed. And eventually, eventually, you start to think like those five think and behave like those five behave. And, and, and what is it that our passage says from Hebrews? It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. As one researcher notes, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. 95%. So therefore, if you, if you want to get where God wants you to go, you need to surround yourself with an intimate network of disciples who are also going where God wants you to go. And so it is important with whom you surround yourself. Now, as I mentioned, next week we're going to talk about the importance of our gathering together as a community of faith. We're actually going to step from verse 24 in Hebrews chapter 10 to verse 25. But the larger community that we call the church will only be as effective as our intimate network of disciples. Let me say that again. The church, the larger church, okay? Our church will only be as effective as our intimate network of disciples. Now, we're, we're going to really flesh this out next week, but I think it's important to say this, okay? Just think about how our, our intimate networks of disciples impact our community of faith. I mean, to, to think about it, think about it like your human body for a moment. Okay, we have all sorts of networks in our, in our bodies. We have our skeletal network, our, 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 our neurological network, our respiratory network, our circulatory network. And, and, and those intimate networks literally hold us upright. They, they keep us breathing. They circulate the blood through our bodies. And those, those intimate networks are necessary for the body as a whole to be healthy and to function as a whole unit. But we're going to come back to that next week. But, but listen, the church needs healthy, intimate networks of disciples if the church as a whole is going to be healthy. Someone wrote this that I read this week, and, and, and this is so true. Uh, so just bear with me for a second as I read this. Everything the New Testament has to say about church life presupposes that disciples are living in close relationships with other disciples. For example, we're told to admonish one another, carry each other's burdens, and consider others better than ourselves. And we're encouraged to pray for one another. We're encouraged, we are to encourage one another, to forgive one another, to submit to one another. The writer says these and similar instructions presuppose followers of Jesus are sharing life together in deep ways. 
The level of trust involved in these one another's isn't something we generally have with mere acquaintances. You see, a healthy church cannot be made up of mere acquaintances if we are going to go where God wants us to go. And the church as a whole is only going to be as healthy as our intimate networks. And to the extent that we are expanding our connection points to new people, we are exploring, who are exploring questions of faith, that's what grows the church. But again, that's, that's for next week. So I want to go back to something that I shared a little bit earlier to you. Uh, there used to be a time. <coughs> there used to be a time on Sunday morning that at the end of the service, I'd ask you three questions that were all based on our vision statement, and, and I would I would challenge you to to live into uh, that vision by answering these three questions. So I want to do that this morning. Okay, so when we say we are a community of faith, with whom, from the, I always ask this question, with whom from this community of faith will you reflect on what you learned today? In other words, if we're going to take this, this church as a we, if we're going to talk about these intimate networks, who, who are the people you are going to reflect with? Or maybe, who are the people you need to connect with? You see, to be a community of faith means that we have networks, intimate networks of people that we want to reflect our lesson on. Like, just like today. When, when this message is over, who are you going to connect with? Who are you going to talk with about what I shared with you today? Now, we move on from there. We say that we are being transformed by God's grace. Well, the question I always asked was, what will you do in response to what you learned today so that you will be transformed? Now, naturally, that sounds very individualistic. And, and in a way, we're going to apply things uniquely to each of ourselves. But, but the question, the deeper question here is, who are you going to network with to encourage you and to keep you accountable for being transformed. Because you see, that's ultimately what we need. And then the last one, inspiring people to become disciples of Jesus. How will you inspire someone by sharing something you learned today? Now, let me just say, I'm all for, I'm all for, for talking about how your faith is transforming your life. Um, but you know what is really awe-inspiring to me? It's when people come up to you and ask you to tell them, what is God doing in your life? I mean, people look at you. They see the transformation that is happening in you. And they come to you wanting to know what has been transformed in you by God. Well, I, I pray that those questions, those questions will be something that you'll seriously think about each day, but not just you, but, but you and the people in your intimate network who are, who are going together where God wants you to go.
Now, remember what I said at the beginning? Remember, one Lego isn't much fun. Nor can one Lego really fulfill its ultimate purpose. I mean, Legos are meant to be connected to other Legos. And disciples of Jesus are not meant for life alone either. They, they find their purpose together. And you see, when a Lego gets put together, they create a masterpiece. The same is true when we get together with other disciples. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the way that your spirit speaks to each of us about those people that need to surround us each and every day so that we can go to the place where you want us to go. Lord, we know that we are shaped we are changed, we are transformed by our relationships with other people. So Lord, I pray that today we might, we might stop and look around and ask ourselves where those intimate networks of disciples are in our lives. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.